Hey, fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy nation. Dot. I assume Tom. This man has left a legacy in TNA wrestling, which is now known as Impact. Hopefully, we'll see him back in the ring at some point. But right now, he's a natural bodybuilding champion and competitor. Rob Terry, how are you? I'm doing great, my friend. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate everything you've done for wrestling. I appreciate what you've done for natural bodybuilding because it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. I am slightly disappointed in you, though, because you're losing your accent. I know, I know. And you know what? That's, that's one of the things I get gigged on a lot, man. I can't tell you enough about that. So basically, when I first came to America, I came over here to live in 2007 when I got signed with the WWE. And, and basically what happened with me there is my accent was so strong that whenever I spoke to anyone, they would just nod their head and look at me like I had two heads. You know what I'm saying? And they, they'd give me this look. So... I basically, through through my course of time, I guess I just changed, I slowed down. With the Welsh people, generally, we speak really fast. So I uh, I was just tired of people not really understanding what I said. So I, I started uh, slowing down my accent, and then I started hanging around with too many people, like uh, like one of my former partners, Robbie E., who would say bro in every other sentence. And... Um, my accent just became more more Americanized. Um, but the, the funny thing is that every time that I go home back to the UK, I go home and then three days into my stay, I'm talking to my, to my um, you know, my, my fellow Welsh people and, and my accent comes back really strong. But then I come back to America and then I, I lose it again. So it, it, it switches on and off. And then your wife can't understand you when you're in Wales. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, her, her accent is, has, has actually stayed very, very uh, consistent and true. So I'm slightly jealous of that. <laughs> well, congratulations on everything. The documentary is phenomenal, following your journey uh, into becoming a firefighter. And we find out why you've only been a natural bodybuilder, although you are a freak of nature at six foot four, coming out 260, 270 at walking around weight, and no one believes that you're natural. No, that was, that, you know, it, it, it's a really cool thing for me. I can't really emphasize it enough because it's, it's something that I've had to deal with all my life. And, um, you know, when I was a lot younger, like I said in the documentary and I said it to everyone else, you know, I took it a different way. Um, when I was younger, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's hard for people to imagine, but like, if you achieve this at such an early age, um, I mean, I was, I was a big kid at, at 20, man. I was, I was like about 280 pounds, which is close to somewhat what I am now. And to walk around that way, you know, people would just look at you and be like, there's no way that's possible. And for me to deal with that on the inside, it was really hard. And I think that one of the things that I had to, I had wanted to do was I wanted to try and convince people that I was natural. And that was just, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? And I put so much energy and effort into talking to people and trying to tell them about me and Nothing was, they just, they just couldn't, you know, it was just like, I can't believe you, dude, it's not possible. So for me to sort of come full circle at this point in my life where, you know, obviously there's so much media going into this now and it's um, showing my life, you know, talking about my life, my parents are involved and everyone else to have this sort of like document my life is a huge win for me. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful, not only for the elevation of natural bodybuilding because it needs it and it deserves it 
but also because it showcases my life. And that, that's a huge deal. It's a huge weight off my shoulder. And I know I'm not going to be able to, you know, even convince maybe everyone with this movie, but it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Right. Well, we saw in the film, we don't want to give away a spoiler, but you had a health issue when you were younger that would have prevented you from any sort of substance abuse anyway. Uh, so it would have been endangering your life one way or the other if you tried to be enhanced. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with everything that's going on, you know, have you thought about physique competition in any of those other uh, formats? Because you know, um, natural bodybuilding has a similar physique to the uh, to the guys competing in the board shorts. Yeah, you know. So I mean, yeah, I've said it to, to everyone else. I'll say it to you. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the sport. You know, and and, and I said the sport in general. You know, I always have been. It's just, it's, it's my choice. And that's really what it is. It's a choice for me to, to be a natural guy. But at the end of the day, when, when you look at the quality of some of these guys um, in, in the, the ISBB, I'm assuming what, what you're saying, right. is that their, their conditioning and what's needed to be the best there, I, I wouldn't be able to contend with that, you know, as a natural athlete. So I can just bring the best that I can um, in the realm that I do. And, you know, I love that. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to cross over, you know. I, I'll always watch those guys. I have friends, very good friends, who, who even compete at that top level, you know what I'm saying? And um, I'll always watch it, keep an eye out for them. And, and there are even guys in the past who have inspired me. But I, I just do what I do, um, and I'm really, really happy to watch what they do. Well, I'm glad that there's no, like, you know, internal judgment of, well, I did it naturally. A couple of these guys got needles sticking out their butts or no, whatever. No, no, And, you know, I, you know, there, there are on both sides, you know what I'm saying? There, there are a lot of people, you know what I mean? And, 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 and as this, this sort of spiral of Generation I and Natural for Life sort of progresses and gets closer to and people hyping it up, you know, I get a lot of hate and, and I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's really cool. Um, there shouldn't be that, you know what I mean? We're, we're all we're all brothers and sisters of the iron, you know what I mean? We all put in the work. Like I said, I'll hit it home again. It's just my choice, you know? This is my choice of what I want to do. It's my choice of what I have to do. Um, I respect the hell out of anyone who does it on a natural level, even an enhanced level, you know? They're just willing to do things that are not. So that's just where it's at. We're all doing the same thing, and we should all ultimately, you know, pull together. And even though it, a cool thing for me was that, you know, when I – you know, when, when some of these top pros, you know, they were looking and they saw photos and like, oh my God, dude, you're natural and all that kind of stuff. It was so cool for these guys who competed at a top level um, in the ISDB. They they get it. They understand, you know what I mean? And they, they give props to me. It's just the, the people in between, you know what I mean? That the kind of, I don't know, it's a certain type of person that will just be negative and, and I'll take that all day long because it's just, you know, sometimes it means you're doing something right. So I love it. Right. Uh, the documentary Icarus came out a few years ago exposing uh, how they were a how the Russians were able to beat WADA testing by freezing uh, urine samples when everybody was cycled off and clean and then, you know, going through the motions and then coming out and, you know, reusing their own urine to, to beat the test. Mm -hmm. But you go above and beyond not just the urine test, but you take random blood tests on your own, on your own dime on top of it to prove that you're natural. Yeah. And, and you know, so I, I've not seen that. I'm, I, you saying that, I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> but 
what I, what I, the point that I want to drive home is that, that there are a lot of natural bodybuilding organizations out there and, you know, maybe they're not like super popular and, and, and mentally famous and whatnot in the industry. But for me being a lifetime natural athlete, the biggest thing for me was to compete with at, at an organization that had the best testing that was almost understood as natural. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's why I was driven to the IMDA, PMDA, number one. Um, number two, when I was filming this documentary, you know, they put me on the spot down then and, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, Hey, would you be cool doing a blood test? I'm like, absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think that it it costs, I'm sure, you know, it's going to cost an organization a lot of money to do something like that. But I think that's a really good step in the right direction to really sort of squash and doubt that, you know, these athletes are sort of unnatural at certain points or whatever like that. So I would love to see something like that. And I had a debate with someone on, on my social media the other, the other day, and they said they'd like to see something like that. And I was like, I am 1,000% behind you. I would love that as well, to have something, you know, randomly in the year, um, you know, leading up to the contest, and even after the contest as well, what, what, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? I, I'd be down to do that whenever. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to see it. Hopefully we'll, we'll be there uh, in person for that. Um, I asked Vlad yesterday that what's considered a natural athlete, say someone has competed in the traditional Mr. Olympia and was enhanced at one point and now has taken five years off, no supplements, uh, no, no gear, no nothing, and it's completely out of his system by then at that point. Would they be allowed to compete as a natural bodybuilder or would they even be considered a natural bodybuilder because they had been enhanced at one point? You know, I, so to answer your question there, um, and that's a really, really tricky, tricky uh, question. Number one, because I'm considered myself a lifetime natural athlete, so that wouldn't fall in, the, in in my realm. However, you know, I'm that type of person that, you know, I believe in giving everyone a chance, and I, I know some people who who are who are friends of mine. That, that have gone on that route of, of the enhanced route and it's not been for them. You know, they've, they've had a lot of, you know, side effects that they maybe didn't like and they wanted to reconsider their choices, you know, and um, I think to myself, well, who am I to say to them, you know, you don't qualify, you're not going to do that. So it is a tricky instance and a lot of organizations, they do have a clause. I, I can't remember them exactly, but I think it's like three to five years. You have to be drug free and all that kind of stuff. For me, the ultimate thing is, yeah, you, you know, you need, you do need to be natural. And when you're on stage and everything else, you really need to be on that natural level. You know what I mean? If you're standing next to me, you know, you, you, you better be natural. But again, that, that's a tricky, a tricky one there because, you know, like I said, in the past, if they've been enhanced and, you know, like I said, that's a tough one. I got you, man. Um, Mike O'Hearn said something in the documentary that was quite interesting. He said, uh, mm-hmm. for the competition, the pose down, you know, the day of natural Olympia, you guys look yeah. your absolute best, but feel your absolute worst. You know, like externally, right. you look phenomenal, but internally, you're dehydrated, you're hungry, you're groggy because of, of lack of nutrition or whatever. How accurate is that in most instances? Okay, I love that question. I want to thank you for that question, number one, okay, because that's, that's a really good question. Um, so it's very old school of what you just said, okay? So 
like like we discussed, okay, I, I had health issues very early on in my life. I'm not I'm not saying that when you're doing a show, you're your most healthiest, okay? Because you have I mean, especially as a natural bodybuilder, it's really more so about conditioning than it is size. You know, I'm just very blessed that I have the size aspect as well. But when my take on this is that when you're doing a bodybuilding show, you should be in such good condition anyway that you shouldn't have to dehydrate yourself, which is, in my opinion, again, extremely dangerous. When I'm doing a show, I'm relying on my conditioning a week. I should be in condition like a week before, okay? So when it comes to the day and they say, like, um, what's it called? Like a peak week. Are you familiar with that term? Yes, uh, I am. Yeah. So, so the peak week, basically, for the people listening, is where, you know, maybe someone will cut water, they dial carbs up and down. And basically, you're trying to scramble a couple of days before the show to look your absolute best. My goal, you know, on any time that I compete is to look my best weeks before, and then I just coast into the show. And I've already got my physique there, so I'm just coasting. So there's no extreme. Any extreme on any level of anything is extremely dangerous for you. So I don't believe, um, and, and going into the Olympia, yeah, I was, I, I lost weight because I really wanted to be um, as lean as I could, but I felt great. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the only thing is, it's just the stresses of, you know, you've got to be here. You've got to check in there. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, as you can imagine, as press. Um, you know, obviously we had Generation Iron, which was amazing, but there's a lot of moving parts and that, that's kind of the stress level there. But other than that, you know, in, in terms of like doing things to your body, you should be hydrated, you know, you should be eating carbohydrates. There should be no extreme of any drops or increases of anything. That's my take on that. Right. So because, I disagree. Okay. Because yeah, it was, it's terrifying to hear that. And I've, I've interviewed quite a few fighters. I've been around fighters. My background's wrestling and judo, so I know, you know, people with extreme weight cuts. You know, we've seen people drop 25, 35, almost 40 pounds in two weeks, just complete dehydration to make weight, whether it's, you know, boxing, wrestling, MMA, etc. So that's always terrifying to see that, you know, and when Mike brought it up, it's something that we needed to discuss, especially for bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, granted, I mean, like, I remember training with, with, with Mike, um, not this year, the year before, um, through a mutual friend, Shad. And, you know, I trained with Mike, and Mike was immensely strong, you know what I mean? And, and I was a day out from a show. So, yeah, my strength levels aren't going to be what they are right now in an off-season. But that's really the only thing that's going to change, you know what I'm saying, is, is on a sort of strength level. And plus, you know, I don't want to injure myself going into the show on the next day. So I, I kind of disagree with that. That's kind of more of an old-school old school mentality of just really cutting water and all that kind of stuff. A lot of guys today... They don't really do that. And, um, you know, I get asked a lot of times, you know, what's the best way to, to diet to do this? You know, what's your diet like now? And I say everything needs to be a balance because anything that's an extreme is dangerous and it's going to have um, an adverse effect once you finish doing it. So. Well, I'm going to leave you with these couple of more thoughts because we're, we're running low on time. But I wanted to ask you this in particular in regards to why are the majority of natural bodybuilders 35 and up? It seems that, like, you know, for traditional Olympia and people that are enhanced and whatever else, you know, they're they're younger than our age group. Uh, you know, they're one generation behind us, but they end up having kidney problems and liver problems and whatever else if they don't ever cycle off. Uh, why is it that natural bodybuilding ends up being an older crowd? The answer to that, in my humble opinion, is because it's a longevity. Um, and that's, that's what I 
truly and absolutely love about natural bodybuilding is that it has longevity. And a lot of these guys, you know, they compete well into their 50s. Um, and I know there are guys in the IFBB, you know, we can say Dexter Jackson as well. I mean, he's in phenomenal shape, but he is kind of a minority. Um, so, yeah, you know, you do see that, that in the natural bodybuilding realm, realm there, there are a lot more guys um, that are just able to, to maintain this level of health later on into their life. And, and I absolutely love that. Uh, I want to bring this back to wrestling full circle because that's where we were first introduced to you. When are you going to come back to Impact and take Moose on for the uh, for the inaugural TNA title? As soon as I can. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I was I was such a huge fan of wrestling. I always have been, and I still am. I absolutely love wrestling to the fullest, and, and you know, and I'll never say never. You know, you, you you could see it. You never know. Well, I called it inaugural because you know Moose brought the title back. It was defunct, and we had joked that. You know, he's bringing back the uh, the GWF world title and then the UWF TV championship, you know, from all the defunct organizations. So, you know, okay. we'd, we'd love to have you come back and either challenge him for that one or for the Impact title itself. Uh, before I let you go, Rob, last question. Where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Hey, you can find me um, on, on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, it is... Um, it is Impact Rob Terry, and then on on uh, I'm sorry on Twitter it's um, Impact Rob Terry, and then on Instagram it's Official Rob Terry. So yeah, you can find me there. I'm on Facebook as well. There are a few um, fake Facebooks, so you might have to sift through those. But uh, yeah, please hit me up. Any any messages? I absolutely love to hear them. So I look forward to um, hearing that from you guys. Fantastic, Rob Terry, professional wrestler, bodybuilder, firefighter. Immigrant on top of that, uh, health care <laughs> survivor, Generation Iron, Natty for Life will be streaming and ready for pre-order from now on July 31st. Thank you so much for your time, man, and we can't wait to see you in the ring again. I appreciate you. Thank you so much.